Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Flash, Season 9, Episode 4, The Mask of the Red Death, Part 1, written by Joshua B. Gilbert and Emily Pa... Did I get this right? Palizzi? And directed by Mahaj Huda. I thought this episode was not the best <laughs> um i i want to like it a lot more than i did it wasn't necessarily structurally terrible but the acting particularly with the main villain is is uh, a bit of an eyesore fucking embarrassing as much as i aesthetically like the idea of a woman of color playing an iconic villain like Red Death, unfortunately, you're either going to do it right or you're going to do it horribly wrong. And unfortunately, while the actress, uh, I forgot her name, Javille, something to that effect. While she certainly did a good job with her scenes with Iris, all, all, uh, allusions to some psychotic morph type of evil bat woman speedster it's not a success so i'm gonna be really happy when this storyline wraps up i'm glad that shy did tell me it is gonna wrap up in episode five because if this was the entirety of the the seasoned villain i would certainly feel wanting before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, go down to the right section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, and subscribe. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. I am going to apologize in advance for my voice. I'm heavily medicated due to Ohio thinking it's all right to have all four seasons in one week. So where do we want to start? Let's get the first thing out of the way. Chuck and Allegra. We do not care. Now let's talk Joe and Cecile. The relationship, I'm, I don't know when I pretty much got out of the idea they're in a relationship. Maybe because it feels like one has hit retirement hard while the other has decided this is the time to live her best life. Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. But the biggest surprise of this story arc is the fact that we finally met Jenna, whose age I cannot, I cannot deny or confirm because I legit forgot how old she's supposed to be, but she was so cute. I don't know what she was trying to do, calling herself reading with daddy, because all of those words were... <laughs> See, when I laugh, you can hear it. Cecile comes home, she's starving, and she she addresses her daughter in a way in which I never nugget. I don't know why that's funny. It just is. But she realizes that Joe, I mean, Joe knew what he was doing. He has the shit on the kitchen table talking about, I'm sorry. 
he said, we having this conversation, whether you want to or not, because he's already found the perfect real estate without even consulting her. But that was not something he cared to do. He meant to convince her. So when the power goes out, they just send their child upstairs instead of having her downstairs cuddling with them. Maybe she was supposed to be asleep. I'll give them that. Still, I would think (laughs) I would at least check on the kid. But they have the conversation where Joe is basically like, look, I didn't give Iris or Wally, even though Wally's totally not his fault because didn't the baby mama hide the child from him? How you how you taking the L for that? But basically, he wants Jenna to have a normal existence, something he could not give to Wally and Iris. And I'm like, but you're asking her now to make that sacrifice now that you're retired. It feels kind of rude. Just throwing it out there. I know Joe would never be intentionally rude, but it is. It's like, oh, okay, now that I am older and, you know, having more time to think about the choices I made, I now want you to stop. And she keep bringing up that law practice. I'm like, since when, girl? Since when? We ain't seen you in a courtroom in forever. But, but I felt her argument was valid. Even the bass in her voice, like, come on, man. You can't just, just decide that we leave it based on your own insecurities. But she listens and hears him out, at least. Then... There's a lightning strike where the daughter comes downstairs and instead of running to her parents, she goes to the window. But I can buy that little kids are stupid and would be like, flashing lights. However, Cecile is there to to make sure her child doesn't get struck with a million shards of glass. And she's like, I got to go help the neighbors. I laughed so hard when she opened that door and then ran her little leprechaun ass out. Making my way through the hood, sipping this yak. Niggas about to get blown with the Mac. Riding around the block with a Glock. Yo ass finna get shot. You just knew her daughter was impressed. Of course she gonna write. Here's uh, mommy being a superhero because that shit is cool when you four or five, somewhere between five and eight years old. I don't know. She can't read yet, so it's got to be a little bit younger. (laughs) But Joe finally realizes that he can't he can't tell her to stop being a hero at her hero phase just because he's concerned about the childhood Jenna's going to have. And it's not like he didn't bring up a good point. You know, I don't want to be too harsh on Joe as far as like we're living in a city where shit pops off all the damn time. And I, I totally understand that. I totally understand that point that you were making. Like, you know what? It'd be nice to walk down to the store without, you know, evil speedsters trying to create a black hole in Central City. All right. But he he tells her that they're going to stay, even though his face doesn't seem convinced of it. I don't know what they're going to do with Joe. Did he film like five scenes and then we'll get the rest at the end of the season? I don't I, I can't put a finger on 
what exactly they're doing. I hope they don't kill him off just because no one deserves to be killed off in this late, late stage in the series. That's just how I feel personally. Now let's go over to the Red Death story arc. All right. So Barry has convinced himself that this is the new avatar for the negative speed force. And he is doggedly trying to not make the same mistakes that he did with Thawne as if he somehow had any control over Thawne's very warped and psychotic hatred for him. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. Thawne killed himself after killing your girl. You do not get to feel empathy for him anymore. Just stop it. You let him go so many times. It's ridiculous at this point. But he thinks that the negative speed force may be corrupting the Avatar and that that residual hatred that the negative speed force has for Barry is what's influencing Red Death. So when he gets an alert with Red Death trying to lure him out, he just goes in with, let's, let's talk. He needs some milk. Bevelo, someone I have absolutely no idea uh, who is. I, I, I don't recall this person at any point. And was he just really standing behind her while she was talking that entire time? <laughs> and it was really too easy. Allegra, don't you got powers? What happened to them being able to transport anywhere? Allegra should totally be on stat. And I wasn't sure why when they came in the Star Labs, Keon was like, oh, uh, Cecile's strong. She'll take care of them. Like, Cecile's not in danger, bitch. Barry is. We can't find him. And Allegra apparently can't use her powers for anything. So they decide to contact his rogues who come to the lab. However, it's Goldface who points out what is the first thing anyone ever does to anyone with powers in the city? Meta dampening cuffs. So, yeah. Hartley, I know you had a machine, but it didn't work. And don't get mad at other people because you didn't point out the obvious. The interaction between Red Death and Barry. <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. The rogues did try to unmask Barry. However, and then why would you say let's kill him when you know your, your benefactor wants him alive? That's so stupid. But... Mark is like, no, we can't take off his mask because he has a stun gun under there or whatever. He clearly is still on Barry's side after he very quickly realized he 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 played himself. And then even Red Death being like, I can give him the only thing that you can't. I'm like, bitch, you just said that you was not going to do it. Like you basically gave yourself away last episode. And you're like, only when I get what I want. Oh, that clearly means I'm not getting what I want. Uh, then they have the moment between Mark and Barry where he tries to bring him some water because he must be thirsty. <laughs> and Barry once again tries to convince him that you're a part of Team Flash. You don't have to do this. He's like, oh, I betrayed you. He's like, Mark. I like the fact that he put bass in his voice just because that was sexy. But he said, look, Frost tried to kill me on multiple occasions. She also teamed up with Savitar, which is a version of myself, long story, to kill the love of my life. 
Forgiveness is something that rolls off of me, bruh. Okay? All you gotta do is do the right thing, and I'll forget all about that. I don't want peace. I want problems, always! Surprisingly, I had no complaints for Mark this episode. I think the actor acted well. I believed him. I think that we need we needed to know way more about Mark to give him more more of a fleshed out reason of why he would be fall into this depressive nature and he says lines like who's gonna miss me if I die no one cares like that's someone who really has no family so you're dealing with someone who might got a lot of deep shit going on but we never got to know it because y'all y'all continue to introduce him as a character that was a bit of a a comic gimmick and it's unfortunate because it could have worked out better and you certainly had him straight up and I, I'm I guess Frost and Caitlin whatever Keon in every every time period or every version of herself she could forgive this asshole after he wanted to kill her <laughs> Red Death tells Barry, you're so off on what you think is going on. And I appreciated Barry being like, I made a mistake. I didn't prepare myself because I was focused on what I thought this villain was. And now there's so much worse. And now I'm not prepared. And now a whole bunch of people might die due to my error. So people make mistakes. I understand that. And for the most part, you ain't done nothing that's that unforgivable. Iris gets a knock on our door. Ryan's coming for you. Who opens the door and be like, Ryan Wilder? I don't ever greet people that I know by their first and last name. Just really weird. <laughs> like Ryan? That would be believable. Ryan Wilder feels so awkward. Why did you put that there? So she comes in looking way different than Iris previously saw her. I'm like, oh, so are you green? Naturally, or are you going for the Targaryen look? Dracarys. I actually enjoyed this interaction because the actress that is playing Red Death was at a comfortable level in which she did not have to do too much emoting. It was subtle and she was playing at her playing field. And then Iris was bringing it from the moment she showed up because she came in. Iris's growing suspicions was well portrayed because she begins to say, oh, what's wrong? She sees she's hurt. She bandages her up. Then she kind of, you know, puts all of the, the pieces together. I came over here from Gotham because they told me that you were looking for me. I got attacked by someone named Red Death. They stole my my uh, my shit around my belt. But then Iris is like, it took you an hour to get here. That's strange. Then she starts to talk about, well, I think Iris knew. <laughs> I think she absolutely knew when that bitch opened her refrigerator and went in and got some milk. Oh, hell no. Okay. The fuck you doing here, nigga? Identify yourself. Who the fuck are you? Uh-uh, that was a little too familiar. A little too familiar. All right? Nobody does that. Nobody does that. And I haven't, like, you're a guest in my house and you acting like you live here. Tell me, do you want milk, bitch? <laughs> so then after she confirmed, uh, after she's like, oh yeah, Barry's got his own gang of rogues. They're reformed mostly. And she's like, there's no such thing. 
I don't understand how Mark even had a moment of consideration of betraying her because didn't she just read him for filth talking about you criminals you're all the same you're just mice you're disgusting you're filthy i just use you oh hi thanks for checking in i'm still a piece of garbage i feel like he should have just ran back the tape for the others to let them know exactly how they're valued but apparently all they need is some upgrades and they're they're totally down the clown Iris pulls a gun on her and that's when Ryan gives the story about how the Flash is the villain in her world. Told you, timelines, different play. I knew there was, well, I guess that's not multiverse, but you know what I mean. We're going to get back to the multiverse. But now we got a different timeline. She said she tried to take comfort in the Speed Force, but it kicked her out like, you ain't real. Get the fuck out my house. She also... Brings up how she was adopted by the Waynes and how she decided to fight crime, but criminals just kept getting out of Arkham. And instead of taking a baseball bat and beating the head in, she decided to start emulating weapons or making weapons of her enemies and then decided to turn to her ally, the Flash, and mimic his power, got herself some artificial speed. And that's when Barry turned on her. She also mentions that in her timeline, Iris and her are best friends. So she was like, okay, so you need me as a lightning rod to get him to stand down. All right, all right, all right. However, I have this thing called checking my sources and your story don't add up. Why would he turn against you? Why can't you go to your Iris? Why can't she help? Well, I was cornered. And I had no choice but to throw a lightning ball. It was meant for Barry, you know, but I actually, I killed you. Oh, that's awkward. And now Barry really is the most evil speedster in that timeline because he has now turned to Savitar and that's the other shoe that she hasn't dropped. I'm just kidding. So after Iris isn't believing the bullshit, she's like, okay, I tried to do this the easy way. And then she had the line. It's an iconic line and they gave it to her and it's like, no, because you just ruined it. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. That's, you can't have that. You did not earn that. You get no points from me. I have deducted all of the points. I love you, sis. I do. I do. But this was not for you. (laughs) You did your best. And I do believe that. I think she tried to embody the role. Unfortunately, like I said, sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't. Unfortunately, this just did not compute. She uses the nanotech to take Iris back because I guess she wanted to convince her saying when the dust settled, we could be friends again. Girl, you killed me. And I'd like you to get the fuck out of here. So Iris is the blackmail to get Barry to run until he dies to power the, the treadmill so that she can escape back to her home world. Iris is like, no, she needs me to take back to her timeline. She says, yeah, but I have to say you was coming intact barry cannot deal with her being hurt and at least mark flinched he's like oh shit not iris it was at this moment that he knew he fucked up then iris pleads with him and he ends up destroying the cosmic treadmill pushing the power back on to her iris though was hit by that power i watched it three times just to make sure i saw that correctly And it looked like she was hit by that 
what does that mean? What could it possibly mean? Lord knows sometimes I pick up clues and they don't exist. But that's something I noticed just just on my on my watch star. So Mark is like, we got to get out of here. And Barry's like, I don't have my speed. Okay, what happened to those things Cisco made y'all in which y'all could have? Uh, never mind. Why didn't you just start running? I don't know. That's an option too. But instead, Mark's like, I got you. And he did have a pretty decent fight scene. And I'm starting to see why they might have wanted the actor because he is a physical actor, which is not something we know Barry can do. Love you, Grant. But uh, I thought that roundhouse they did, I thought that was a pretty dope fight scene. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, when did we start saying that, black people? I ain't gonna lie. It's uh, It's clearly either indicating we're lying or it's just a way to say I'm not lying I promise pinky swear we come up with the silliest things so Mark looks like he is dead I don't think he's dead because we didn't see him die the rogues do save Barry but Barry isn't too happy about being saved saying we don't leave anyone behind but he kept saying without your speed we would have been toast bitch what do you do y'all not bring nothing to the table I thought y'all all were you know, the one dude can make a fucking black hole. What, what What? do you mean? What do you... Gold face, you have your chain. You could have gotten gold out of people. I know that girl got gold in her sunglasses. I know he got gold in that freaking boomerang he had. That didn't make no sense to me. And then Barry being angry. And then gold face. You know, I've always had praise for gold face. In this episode, he was getting on my nerves. Oh, I think that I found myself an annoying bitch. Please shut the fuck up. And quite frankly, so is Hartley. Like, why are y'all defending yourselves? Barry, though, why are you acting like... <laughs> Mark did make his own choices. Uh, Goldface did say he did betray us. That's factual. He put himself in that situation. And if he died because of the consequences of that, I don't think you should be feeling too terrible. Uh, I would have been yelling more at Allegra. Like, where you been at? What you been doing? Keon comes in like, where's Mark? And then she started talking and my, and it was more than 2.2 seconds. So my, my, my brain started to turn off. No, no, no. Your metaphors are meant for comedic relief only. You are not allowed to be in the grown folks conversation. You got to go. So, uh, Hartley rolling his eyes at her was the only thing that I appreciated from Hartley this entire episode. And they're like, this is only going to get worse. Then we see her only getting worse as a villain. as she declares that we're going to take the Flash's world. So... There's that. Luckily, we only have one more of that to deal with. As stated, it wasn't the worst thing. It just had a lot of surface errors, unfortunate acting choices that simply did not correlate. And that's that. That's pretty much it. So I did give it an 8 out of 10 just because at least the performances were selling it with the Joe and Cecile as well as the the iris and the 
the Red Death, even Barry and Mark. But this was supposed to be Red Death center stage moment. And it unfortunately closed with very little applause. Well, actually hasn't closed yet. At least part one. Maybe they can recoup. It's it's happened before where part one sucks and part two is really good. So I have hope next episode that maybe they can, the director can, uh, can make different choices with, with the, the lead there. We do have feedback. So let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is feedback for The Flash, episode four of season nine. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> it took me a couple of sit downs to finish this episode. Um, I don't know. I'm starting to not enjoy this villain. And don't get me wrong, the actress actress. I was looking forward to her being in here. I was hoping we were going to get her actual, like, Ryan Wilder's character, Befriend Iris. And the scenes they had together weren't bad. Um, I want to I wanna start by saying that. When she was Ryan, she wasn't so bad. But it, it reminds me of why I stopped watching um, Batwoman when she became... Um, the lead character is because in all honesty I you know I love I stand for some black women but she is not a very good actress and watching her and Batwoman was very cringy sometimes for the most part her acting left a lot to be desired and and like the like the story itself wasn't good enough for me to like keep watching it it reminded me of the 4400 it was just it just wasn't working for me. So that was one of the reasons why I stopped watching. And I know there was some people that was going to stand her no matter what, because she's a black woman. But I, I can't do that. I'm not going to support trash. I don't care how much melanin is in it. Um, if you, I don't feel like I'm a very, like, I don't need a lot. Like, I'm not very picky when it comes to television. I don't have a lot of standards. But being able to act, I feel like, is a very low bar. And when I when they put people of color in a in a show or a movie and the acting's not very good, it makes me think that they were checking a box and they didn't even look at anybody. They just wanted a specific person and they didn't even they were like, We need someone that looks like this, so let's just give them the job. If the person isn't able to do the basics, why the fuck are y'all giving them a check? And I feel that way about this actress. And I don't know, maybe she's not always like this, but this is the second show I've seen her in, and she's not very good. I don't know if being in a scene with Iris made her better, but she wasn't as bad. But there were some times when her, like, her emoting just wasn't working for me. And it made it really hard to watch this episode. Like, I got very, like, ugh. Like, it was cringy, and it was the same kind of feeling I get when I watch chester and allegra and i didn't want to watch it and when she had the suit on or like the suit but the head off it was probably the worst like at the end when she like screamed i like oh my god i was like i don't want to see her 
in this show anymore. And I feel bad for saying it, but I got to be honest. Like, if you can't act, you shouldn't be in television. Like, that's literally the basic bare minimum. I don't care how beautiful you are. I don't care that you're a black woman. Like, you cannot, you can't even act. Like, why, how did you get this job is my question. Like, like, I know it sounds um, like a double standard, but it, from my understanding, Danielle Panavega was really close with the original showrunner. And she got the job off jump. That's why the character was changed from being an older woman for her. She didn't need to audition. That's why she's a terrible actress, because they gave her the job without her actually actually doing anything. But I've been looking at her for nine seasons, so it's something that I'm used to. But this actress, I I want to say her name is Javina. I, I don't I don't want to mess it up. I don't remember. Um, I'm just going to call her Ryan Wilder's character um, because she's just not good. And it's there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to get around it. Like, I'm glad she's not going to be with us this whole season because I'm honestly sick of her. It was so much potential with the stuff that was written. And the storyline itself was good. And that's why it took me so long to get through it, because I was just, like, shook with how bad of an actress she is. I don't know how else to say it. Like, it was not good. The scene where her and Iris should have been amazing. But it was okay. And I think most of that had to do with Candace Patton and very little to do with the actress that plays Ryan Wilder. Um like I said, I love the storyline. I enjoyed Iris looking at her skeptical the entire time. Like, bitch, you are not fooling me. I know what's up. I'm not stupid. And she was just taking her in. She wasn't giving anything away. I loved everything about it. And I knew off jump that Iris was looking at her trying to, like, decide if she believed it. And she didn't. Because she had the the face like she was thinking. Like, the Iris journalist face like hmm the math ain't mathing and she went to I love how she had like you know she had weapons hidden like Iris is one person that I will say learns lessons y'all not gonna catch her slipping y'all might catch Barry but you ain't gonna catch Iris Joe West taught her stay ready so you ain't got to get ready she was like, she just walked over there and pulled out a gun. Like, clearly she wasn't ready for the kind of uh, uh, warrior she was getting into. But she she, w- she was ready for a fight. And that's, that's shit. I'm proud of her. I really am. Um, the other stuff that was going on, I honestly, I don't, I don't even remember. I watched it so long ago. And I wasn't going to send feedback. But then it wasn't, like, when I got home, I just, I had a long, long week. I was working for eight, I worked seven out of eight days because they really jacked up my schedule. And I, and the last week was a lot, like it was a lot. I was really getting my butt kicked. Um, I don't have much else to say. I know there's a lot of stuff that happened, but I I don't know. And I really don't want to sit here and think about it. Um, So I just want to get this out. If, if I think of anything, I'll just message you, but I just wanted to say my piece about this villain because I was looking forward to it. Um, I was really excited. Um, I knew 
who was underneath the mask. I knew what was happening. Um, but I just, you know, once the reveal happened, it was very underwhelming. And also, um, I guess there is another, um, there is a multiverse because, uh, we just realized that Ryan is from the multiverse. She's from another, cause they, did they say another timeline? Wait a second. Cause the multiverse and the timeline aren't the same thing. Remind me what it was. She's from another timeline. Anyway, I just, she did say another. It has to be another dimension, another multiverse, because she was adopted by the Waynes, and her and the Flash are arch nemesis, and the heifer killed uh, Iris. I thought that was going to be the reason that her and the Flash went to war, because we know what happens when Iris die. We get Savitar. So I was ready to believe her. <laughs> when she was telling iris what happened but then i was like i don't know if it was an accident she seems very conniving um the last point i want to make is i really am upset that we're not getting the backstory of uh, bara because i really need to know what's going on with her i know that she's deaf i know that she's like kind of like the rag doll but we don't know and she was a medical student we don't know nothing else they really so rude with this anyway um, I'm going to end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi, out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, with your thoughts on the episode. I don't have too much to add other than I'm starting to think we're having the same brain because I totally was thinking about the, the, the two times. I was like, oh, yeah, multiverse. A lot of things you said, I already said. Look, acting is the base criteria to act. If you cannot do that, you should not be acting. I mean, that's just it. I mean, you can get better and sure, you're honing your craft. But I am not, I, I'm not one of those either. I think everyone knows by now. <laughs> I don't, I don't hold my tongue when it comes to regardless of race, bad acting is bad acting. Um, and yes, this actress, unfortunately, just cannot carry the weight of anything. And putting her as the front and center villain is proving to be a mishap. They gave her a chance to step up to the, the plate. She unfortunately, you know, didn't score a home run. And that happens. But like you said, I can give credit where credit's due on the parts of the episode that that were strictly speaking perfectly fine it's just the glaring the glaringness of red death was overpowering that but that is all i have to say about this episode if you want to join in the conversation blackercouch at gmail.com you can also leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>